get your smoke on, I get your chill on. Let's get these conversations on. Crawling on moms and anybody who's living life. The Pop Moms Podcast is here. Well, hi, you guys. Welcome. In the interest of sticking to our Pop Moms Podcast roots, we are going to chat ABCs of cannabis today. Whether you're a cannabis enthusiast, seasoned in the field, or you're just curious to learn more, Join us as we unravel mysteries and otherwise of cannabis through the alphabet. One letter at a time. One letter at a time. <laughs> the Pop Moms Podcast. It's the Pop Moms Podcast. Oh, What's one of the on. first things that you learn in school? The ABCs. The ABCs, exactly. So I was like, is this a quiz? Am I on the spot? It <laughs> is, and you passed. Oh my God, so, God. I mean, that's an A for today. Yay. And speaking of A, that is the first letter that we are going to be discussing on our ABCs of cannabis. Ooh, and what did we find for A? I'm so glad you asked, Natalie. I'm so glad. So A is for autoflower. What does autoflower mean? It's a term used in the cannabis growing community. And what it is, is a type of cannabis strain where the plant actually matures um, by time versus sunlight. So an important differentiator is usually in a cannabis plant, when you're looking for it to flower, you want to reduce the light from 18 hours to 12 hours. But as a hack, which as parents, we love hacks, this strain called cannabis rudalis, I'll edit that. (laughs) Like, cannabis what now? <laughs> cannabis rudalis is a strain that was developed in the extreme northern climate due to a lack of sunlight. So what this essentially does is puts less strain on the plant itself growing based off of the hours of sunlight that it receives, and it's based off of the amount of time that it's been growing. So, for example, autoflowering is what we have used personally with our grow, which I say that, our grow, it's like four plants. Um, (laughs) Sweet, sweet at-home plants. Our amazing home grow, Flynn Farms. Uh, And we use that because in the Pacific Northwest, In certain areas, it's conducive. However, in the Seattle area specific, because summer takes a really long time to get to, high temperatures take way too long to get here. And actually, we do have an insane amount of daylight in the summer. Yeah. I don't know about anywhere else that you've lived, but it was really insane to me my first summer here when it stays light until like 1030 at night. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm from here. So I just So you're used to it. Yeah. And then when I went other places, I was like, wow, this summer sucks. Why it's dark at seven? Nightmare. Like where's my 10 p.m. sunshine? Exactly. You get 10 p.m. sunshine. And I actually take timestamps pictures of it to send to my friends because unless you've lived through it, no one believes that. And then it is daylight at 5 a.m. Yeah. By 5 a.m. It is as sunny as it's going to get. Can I tell you just as a photographer what a friggin' nightmare that is if you want to have a social life in the summer because you have to be shooting at 7 a.m at the latest and you're right like literally you have to be really shooting by 5 36 yeah. to do something beautiful and soft and again sunset it's like starting my photo sessions at 8 p.m uh, hello personal time goodbye all summer long you need an auto flower setting <laughs> setting for your photography business for exactly right it's called having an assistant with a scrim <laughs> to cover it but you know When I think about my garden, too, and the sheer volume of time I have spent tracking the sun patterns at our new house to send to my mom, to send to the landscape designer, to try to figure out, like, what kind of plants. And I say that as if I have some fan. It's like a guy who works at a nursery. It's not. I mean, he's amazing. But, you know, we haven't. Whatever. You get the idea. Uh, 
the amount of time we've spent tracking the sun to try to find things to grow effectively without sun and with all the shade. Are there not more autoflower plants than regular gardening too? Yeah, no, I mean, there definitely is. I would say this being specific to cannabis, but it's funny to hear your process and how you're studying the sun. I just kind of throw shit against the wall and see what sticks. (laughs) So like I learned that growing certain things in my front beds are better served growing them in the back because of how the sun patterns are. But I've only done that by failing, actually. By, versus by killing plants. Not even killing, or just yeah. understanding, you know, we had tomatillos in the front, and we had peppers in the back, and it's way more, it makes a ton more sense to do the opposite because the tomatillos don't need as much sun, the peppers mm. thrive more here. Um, I actually have a bunch, my whole entire garden this year is volunteers because the seeds that I put down, I used the wrong containers to put them in, aside from our weed plants those are thriving but it's those are thriving those are thriving which I mean arguably the other ones are nice we call them I'll call them ornamental considering the yield that we do get from our cannabis plants um but I'm a really big fan of having any sort of things that you can eat growing on your property yeah and don't water your grass just kidding do what you want I, we're actually a random pivot, but we, speaking of grass, we are letting some of our buttercup take over in an experiment because ultimately battling it has just been such a pain in the ass. It's like constantly coming over from our neighbor's weedy down yard that they like can't see from their house and the back green belt. So we're letting it take over because I follow this bee gal who talks about how if you just let the native things thrive, then you will find it's so much prettier also. So like instead of that half of our grass turning green or turning brown, theoretically, because the buttercup roots are so much deeper, it will stay green and you just have to mow it enough that your kids aren't stepping on bees, I guess, for all the buttercup flowers. But uh, we're going to see. We're running an experiment. And if half my lawn just sucks, eventually we'll get it leveled and put sod down because there's tons of holes to break little baby ankles anyway. So it's probably best we level it at some point. We recently uh, redid, I'm going to say redid our backyard. We used to have chickens. They were tragically killed. Wanted to let that uh, responsibility go. It's not something that I was able to fit into the big scheme of things any longer. It's like you're taking care of enough things. (laughs) I can't keep more things alive. I I mean, I have like totally yeeted so many different plants because I just, they don't bring me joy anymore. I've given Mm -hmm. them away. I have, I've passed them into the community. Compost. Send them to their new life. No. I mean, I've tried to, I've given them to like kids in the area. I'm like, here, foster this plant. It's yeah. yours now. Oh my gosh, cute. Foster this dying plant. Good luck. No, it's not dying. These are, oh, not these yet. plants are thriving. Oh, it's good. just, I don't like them anymore. I was like, don't give that to novice plant owners. You know? No, no. And I have nothing that's, I, air plants are the hardest thing that I have. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Those actually are hard. They are. Ugh, well, we really covered autoflowers I think autoflowering just to recap plants mature and bud by time versus sunlight um something that's really great in areas where the sunlight is kind of wonky as compared to other areas and mm. it was something that was developed in the extreme northern climates due to a lack of sunlight oh, the more you know that. the more you know moving on let's go ahead and let's move to the next letter of the alphabet which is b 
B, what are we finding for B? B is for bong water. Oh, bong water. Bong water is the residual water after you smoke out of usually a pipe, a bubbler, some sort of, I want to call it an advanced smoking instrument. Yeah, sure. Right? It could be a water bottle. I mean, we talked about making those in our our yonder years. Anything you can put water in, truly. But it acts as a filter, which is so nice. It It makes the smoke softer on your lungs. It... Filters out resin. You can use Gatorade as it. That was something that was a pro tip when I was in college. Instead of using it to rehydrate, we would use it to uh, flavor the bong water that we were smoking. Okay, I have literally never done that. I'm shocked that was not... I mean, Gatorade or otherwise. I've never smoked anything through a different liquid. Well, play around with it. I know what you'd think. I would have attempted at my, you know, higher peak of stoner years. Well, hey, it's a a renaissance. You're a renaissance woman. I mean, now it's a great time. (laughs) Never too late to start, you guys. So bong water can contain chemicals from your smoke. It can contain ash, plant matter, and more. Um, Don't get me started on the potential for black mildew. Oof. I, from this day forward, am promising to myself and putting it out there in the universe that I am going to be better about emptying my bong water. Good for you. But what's a place you shouldn't put it? Quiz. You you don't want to dump it down your sink or your toilet. The resin will build up and ultimately impact your plumbing system. I mean, if you use enough bong water. If you clean your bong often enough, which you should... I actually threw my bong away, and I have done this now like three times in my life. Have we talked about this? I don't think we have, or have we? Well, we're going to. I know. I was like, I mean, we might have, but I do like, it's been past chapters where I've wanted to have a ceremonious end to my weed smoking. Oh my God, you're cute. You just throw it into a trash bin. Like a shattering (laughs) into a trash dumpster as like, I will not be a weed smoker anymore, which clearly never shook out as I am now the co-host of a cannabis themed podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, there were many times when I was a full-time student and I was working full-time and I felt like it was impacting my productivity. It didn't have a place in your life. So the bong didn't have a place as a possession of yours. Yeah. And when admittedly in this concept of bong water, it's like the bong makes the weed or the smoking experience really enjoyable for me. I put ice in the bong, like fresh bong water. I had a bubbler ash catcher on all of my college bongs, you know, so it's like filtered repeatedly. Basically it makes the smoke very soft on your throat, which was always nice. And it just like feels kind of fancy, you know, much like when people who love hookah or whatever, it's just like a fun therapeutic process that I really enjoyed But because I enjoyed it so much, I would wake up in the morning and fill my bong with ice and sit down with my coffee and have this wonderful bong rip experience. And then it would kind of like derail my getting started on my day. And once that was a habit, I was like, yeah, maybe it's time for another metaphorical bong shattering. (laughs) I'm not metaphorical because I did it. And then... But metaphorical and physical. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, now I don't own any pieces. I have like one teeny tiny pocket pipe that we just... I don't know, whenever whenever the last time was that I started smoking weed again and didn't want to be smoking joints, I was like, well, let me buy a little pipe. But those are also super harsh, right? Yeah. Anywho, um, you know, now, I think the most recent bong I had was a friend of mine who was storing it here because she still lives at her parents' house. And then I was like, you got to take this back. I can't. Can't know. even look at it. Can't even look at it without, sick. without smoking too many bong rips for my own good, you know? I am a garbage person when it comes to weed accessory care. I have like acknowledged that openly. so many times openly. 
I just throw it away. Or, I mean, in a lot of cases it breaks, but in a lot of cases it was an abandoned pipe. I mean, when they were doing construction on our house, they found so many pipes just thrown into our yard that we were just like, we're done with these. What? It's, I'm not proud of it. I'm putting it out there, but it's the real me. So that's what we're going to talk about. So I have bought, I bought a Flynn Family Farms bong for my husband that had chickens and weed leaves on it. By Yes, it was super amazing. I love it. I still love it. However, it hasn't been cleaned, so then it doesn't get used. But that is the one that I still have through all of this that I just, I need to clean it. So when I go home yeah. today, I'm going to be cleaning all of my bongs because I think it is really gross. Yeah. And I also want to touch on the sustainability part of it. I don't want to be throwing away pieces and bongs because I'm making monetary investments in it. I usually try to go to people who do it locally. Yeah. I have this really interesting looking crab claw and that they, I really want to. They're art. They are art. They are art. And I totally hear you that the cleaning it is also a gnarly process because I used to have a separate pair of gloves to clean mine. I was pretty neurotic about keeping mine clean, mostly because it was like a piece of art on showcase. I yeah. had it in the bong home. It was out in the living room next to the herb iron, which also had its own little home. I think we have talked about this, but it, Want, I wanted it to be beautiful and also not to taste gross. Yeah. And so I probably at least once a month, I would do really hot water, like boiling hot water, rubber gloves, salt, 99% isopropyl alcohol, yep. and just friggin' shake weight that shit. That's you the know? shit, though. That's how you clean it. Like, that is yeah. the tried and true way that I have found to clean it as I'm, like, double-checking my... I almost said laundry list. My laundry list of things that I need to perform my daily cleaning activities. Yeah. Which, again, is why this gets by the wayside because we always come last. So I've got to put the laundry ahead of the bong stuff. And it's kind of hard to clean because the kids, bless their hearts, and they should be, they're nosy. Yeah. They're like, what's that? And on a Friday afternoon, sometimes I'm like, I just, I can't. I can't. I can't have the conversation other than to be like, that's mommy's bong. I know. Well, and that is kind of, you know, the delicate balancing act of using cannabis responsibly with young children that don't quite have the context or emotional maturity, whatever, to make the best choices for themselves and not, you know, I don't know. It's just a balancing act to try to talk to them about these things and openly use them while still knowing there's so much stigma and you want to just set them up to, I don't even know what I was going to say. I don't know. To not say it at daycare. Yeah. Honestly, I don't care. I don't care that they know about it. I don't want to have to have the conversation with someone else about it in a, in a school setting. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what really... I really don't want. Because I don't want to, I don't want, sometimes I do, as much as obviously we're very clearly out here trying to break a stigma, sometimes it's very hard for me to have that in an off the cuff uh, way with total strangers where I don't know their stance on it. Yeah. Because a lot of it is like, and we kind of even had that conversation off air when we were talking about the person who used to own your house, right? Oh, yeah. Well, and that's why I was stumbling over my words because I was trying to find a way to say it without furthering Coming off as a like a defensive. Well, position. and like furthering the shamey aspect, right? Because we're trying to break that stigma. So me openly talking about how I don't want other people to know and all of this stuff just perpetuates that. And I am working so hard on my own self to be more open about it. But as you brought up, you know, I sent out this marketing email. It mentioned that I was doing the podcast now. I was very excited about it, but obviously that went to all of these clients of mine, including the woman who used, who sold me my house. 
And she, of course, was like, oh, it's going to take me some time to get used to my house being pot central. And I was like, triggered. Well, and I was like, think about it like wine. If you drink wine, your house is not wine central. I am a functional, responsible cannabis user. Just because I do that sometimes does not mean my house is a crack den, weed den, whatever. And it doesn't need to be reiterated at the end of the day. And I love that you compared it to that too because I 100% when I feel a pang of guilt because of something of my consumption, I'm like, if this was alcohol, would I even be thinking about it? I volunteer with Girls on the Run, which is a national organization. I was recognized as one of the coaches for the region Super awesome. Imagine. Guess what they gave me? A wine glass. Oh, I, with the I was logo like a bong? I wish. I wish. Give me a bong. But could you imagine if I would have gotten a bong yeah. with their logo on it? But Insane. I got a wine glass. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Exact same thing though. Really? That's so, what like, we're striving for anyways. Exactly. So I love that you brought up the fact that like if you drink wine in your house, it's not, you know, a wine den. Or yeah. I'm sorry, people build houses with cellars for that what if I had a fucking humidor for my weed like okay. that would be like oh what's going on over there like, I love that you said that because mark my words one day I am going to have a smoking room there is a castle in Mexico City it's a museum that you can go to and we went there and they had this palatial smoking room where every chair had like an epic ashtray it was Art. It was gorgeous. It was stunning. If you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. And I was like, or if one you've day- been to my place in college, it was the same thing as the room with the <laughs> bean bags and all of the black light posters. <laughs> oh my god. Same, same, but different. Exactly, exactly. right. Exactly. Uh, mine was a the the shed, which was just a garage with couches, and but it was covered in art too. It was See? so cool. Smoking rooms can present in so many ways, but one day my home that will maybe be our podcast studio. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. Well, anywho, we are going to work on that stigma so that we feel better about it. But that is a great reframe to think about it in the lens of alcohol. And, you know, sending that email out was the first step in me feeling more open about it and accepting that, like, this is seemingly always going to be part of my life based on my multiple failed bong shatterings. (laughs) Well, right, right. The fact you've got a bong shattering history speaks volumes in a good way, in my opinion. But I also feel like that was me creating this podcast, was me putting myself out there and doing it and sharing it on social media, which seems so silly when you think about it, but it's interesting to see who supports you in those moments and who doesn't. Oh my gosh, so true. So, to recap that epic conversation about the letter B, yeah. bong, bong water. water, it's nasty, and you should change yours. Change even, yours. It is all the time. More yeah. often than we even are talking about. Maybe once a week. Yeah, really, like once. Well, it depends on how much you smoke, right? Maybe when you change your sheets. I know. I mean, and if you don't smoke often, if you have self-control, unlike me, and you're able to keep a bong in your house without hitting it a lot, you should just change it out every time you hit it. Like, yeah. hit it. And then empty the water because then the water isn't foul and isn't going to totally jam up your plumbing necessarily. I mean, I was thinking back to even like the cleaning out of my bongs, then I must have been putting that alcoholy resin water in my toilet, best case scenario, probably just in a big sink because I was always in rentals. I don't know. But... You know, the, it is complex. I'm going to dump it right in the sewer. Well, that's, I know, I'm, I'm like, just kidding. Maybe not. I maybe. don't know what I'm going to do yet. I'll, I'll report back. I know. What are we going to do? We're going to have to come up with some exterior composting toilet for our bong water. I can put, yeah, I can put it in with all of the, like, plant matter from our grow last year. Like, yeah. from whence it came. From whence it came. There you go. That's an idea. 
Bong water, change it. All right, okay. moving on to C. Honestly, this one made me straight up LOL. Oh my gosh, I don't even remember what Okay, we well, this oh! is going to be a surprise. Oh, no, it's not, because you just peeked. C is for... Carpet weed! <laughs> okay, just the word itself, carpet weed, cracks me the fuck up, because it always... Like, okay, so I would get so mad at my husband, because um, in a very traditional sense, I made him handle all of them, marijuana. And yes. so I felt like it was my little, like, I was the weed princess, and he was preparing it for me. Incredible. And he was really good at it, really good at rolling joints. Love watching his mouth when he rolls a joint. And then, um, anyway, so he was always the one preparing it for us. Yes. And I don't want to say he's a messy man, but what I noticed is there was so much fucking weed that would get fucking everywhere. And it made me so mad because it's like crumbs. Yeah. Like crumbs. And like, I'm a wiper. Like, I got to wipe that up. You know? Makes you I mad that. until you're out of weed and you got to find the crumbs. And the carpet like, weed. <laughs> exactly. Carpet so weed. carpet weed is essentially getting all of the weed that you have dropped in your carpet and using it to smoke. I would like to put this on par with like, I don't know. I haven't done this since college, which I'm actually so fucking thankful for. But Res Bowls. Do you oh, remember Res Bowls? Ew, I yes. know. I know. I mean, it, barely because I was constantly using every dollar I had to just buy new <laughs> weed instead. Because I would. Oh, but there Res were those times where not even financially it was the thing. It was like you couldn't find it. Right. Yeah. So like I remember the Res, res Bowls. And that's so fucking nasty. Second Closest to the nastiest is carpet weed. A resin bowl, for those listening who don't understand that, is literally just holding your lighter up to the edge of your pipe or like scraping what's Poison. in the pipe and then smoking that. It's like the black tar heroin of yeah. weed. No, it's like if you were after a party to take all of the, uh, I'm going to call them, what is it, wounded soldiers, where you just oh, leave yeah. just the last sip of the beer and yeah. pouring it into your first drink of the day. Yeah, so like if you, like joint roaches, if you take the roaches of your joints and then you put them all together in a bowl, that's also like borderline resin ball basically because it's like the yeah. gnarliest end weed. Okay, but the concept of carpet weed I love so much because yes. it gives me an excuse to tell one of my favorite weed stories, which is when I was in high school, and I'm trying to remember how old we were, but it is irrelevant. I was convinced, I convinced three of my friends to come with me the minute school was out. I had a tutor, like an SAT tutor meeting. This had to have been junior year. I had an SAT tutor meeting that was like an hour or so after that. One of my friends who had his permit, but not his license, or he had his license, but was like only allowed to drive with one person. Yeah. He already had their license or something. I don't remember what that dynamic was, you know, convinced him to drive us. I was like, I've got a gram or two grams. I've got two swishers. Let's roll up some blunts. We go, we park. The friends of mine are rolling these blunts up. And of course, a cop rolls up. Because of course. Because of course. So my two friends eat the blunts, literally swishers and all. Heroes among us. Heroes <laughs> among us. Heroes. Eat these blunts in full, swishers and all. And then the cops, of course, search our car. They clearly can smell the weed because we were just rolling up like two deliciously strong, strained blunts. Take me aside. They're like... They find the carpet weed, right? So they just find the sliver, the the stuff you drop, the stuff we dropped. That's where this story is coming from. They take me aside. They're like, 
now I, you should not be hanging out with people like this. I was like, I know I've got a tutor appointment. Like I've got to get out of here. Like (laughs) white girl crying. Right. They're like, Oh my gosh, don't hang out with these bad influences. Get out of here. Mind you, all the weed was mine. The swishers were mine. This was entirely my idea. I'm like, thank you officers. I'm going to get out of here. I mean, I did not like throw my friends under the bus. They were also let or let go. I think I think just all of our parents got called again. Oh my God, white privilege. That's like, yeah, that's a ton of white privilege. Just so much white privilege. Like we would have immediately been arrested if we were literally anything else. Like it's so fucked up when I think back to all these moments where I was like, oh, we're persuasive. We're charming. We're no, lucky. You're we're like, just no, white. We're just white. Anyways, the carpet weed, they could have given us MIPs and did not, thankfully. But What's an not, MIP? A minor in possession. There we go. But had we not left the fucking carpet weed they would have just eaten those blunts and we would have had nothing on us and they would have just had to let us go oh my god coulda woulda shoulda that's when carpet weed will fuck you sometimes it doesn't <laughs> sometimes right it, sometimes it helps you if sometimes you're out of weed it helps you need you. it we smoke weed in our carport and so i would call it gym floor weed oh my which god, is hilarious. a g so a different letter so let's stick with the c carpet weed um but also it's so disgusting i get like so angry and i i just because it's everywhere yeah and that was my point about my story about my husband is i don't I think he's messy, but he's not messy with weed. Weed is just messy. Yeah, it is. It's it, crumbles. It's little crumbs everywhere. It's uh, uh, yeah. I mean, when we rolled a joint for one of those, like how to roll the joint episodes, you know, afterwards, I don't remember who was at the house, somebody. And of course I like stuck my arm on the counter and then there was weed on my elbow. And I was like, classic elbow weed, elbow weed. <laughs> That's we'll E. We'll get e. to it. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> just kidding. We have so many other fun words to use. Um, so <clears throat> Carpet weed, last resort, it's the stuff that gets stuck, which cracks me up because it's, you, you know you're smoking carpet fibers. You oh know God. you're smoking dense so much dense. I was going to say dust, and then I was going to be like, oh, my God, you guys, do you know that dust is really just skin cells? But <laughs> clearly my thought partner beat me to it, which is amazing. So sorry. Um, no apologies needed. I actually like, liked it better that way. Classic us always just finishing each other's sentences. Literally. Literally. So, like, I don't know. I love the idea of carpet weed. It fucking cracks me up because I feel like it takes me back to a time when smoking weed was more of a novelty. Yeah. And versus like cutthroat, kind of scrappy. Right. Well, know, and especially if you took it endeavor. Especially if you took it off of your table. Like if you had a table that you would always do. The yeah. amount of dust falling on there, the other particles on there, probably the amount of poop that you were smoking at oh some point. Oh my gosh, one hundred percent. Because really what people are allergic to when they're allergic to dust is dust mite poop, yeah. actually. Yeah. I mean, basically, we're all just, you know, swimming Inhaling, in feces. <laughs> touching, eating poop. It's everywhere. <laughs> oh, my God. I tried explaining that to my kids. My kids are really into safes, you know, with their, their huge lucrative coin collections oh, that they have. And that. I say that funny because I, my son, my youngest son, his safe is an old book, right? And it's, it, it's supposed to be made to look like a book. And he's oh, like, oh, like my God, how much money do I have here? And I was like, well, maybe $3 because it's all coins. And the look on his face, because he can't cal- he can't cash, like, the volume of coins that he has not being really worth that much. Yeah, it seems like a lot. Right. So I, I was telling the kids because they were sitting at the table, and he's like, <laughs> this is how excellent of a parent I am. He's, like, rubbing the money on his face. Oh, And I'm course. like, cool, stop it. 
it. Oh my God. Like, no, please. And then he's got his hands in the coins and he's touching the coins and then eating his chicken nuggets. And I'm like, you need to stop. You need to go wash your hands. He's like, why? I'm like, because money is disgusting. People do dirty things with it. And there's poop on almost every surf. And my husband just walks in. He's like, what are, what are we doing here? Like, what are, what are we doing here? Oh my God. It's the truth. It's the truth. And I didn't want to get into the fact that there's cocaine on all dollar bills because that would have really leveled up my dare conversation with my children. I know. Too soon. Too soon. It's too soon. Ugh. Yeah. You know, Cole, you're like, don't even get me started on inflation if you think your coins are I know. I know. From a volume perspective, I mean, you're just fucked. (laughs) You're just fucked. So we haven't gotten to that letter yet. We're not at F yet. But we are coasting right into D. D. So D is for dabbing. This is a hot topic alert. Ooh, dabs. These are a little taboo for some people. Yeah. You know, when I first started, like, exploring the idea of dabs, I've mentioned that I lived with a roommate who smoked a lot of dabs. But in the beginning, like, the blowtorch concept honestly gave me like methy vibes where I was like I gotta heat up this nail with a torch it just felt sketchy yeah but many people will argue it is the one of the best ways to consume I think it just depends on the type of high you're looking for because like the process of dabbing is that you're flash vaporizing cannabis extracts off of hot surface and then you're inhaling that vapor So standard dabbing temps usually range between 500 to 650 degrees. So you got to be careful with that. Yeah. Um, And I would really just, honestly, this is my own anecdotal advice. It's not for beginners. Totally. The first time that I dabbed, I actually was really surprised that I was able to hang at all because I had heard such horror stories because it's just, it's really like a shot of THC like straight into your lung sacs. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's pretty overwhelming in the beginning. I have coughed so hard from dabs that I've thrown up. It's just because you like can't catch your breath because it's such a hit, hit. to your lung. Which is really funny because I wrote out this ex- example of, of what dabbing is, which I'll read for you, which literally ends the same way as yours. <laughs> to dab, you need a dab rig, which is typically glass. You heat a nail, which you then dab the dabbable extract, which can be BHO, rosin, wax shatter and that essentially melts and you inhale and for me my next step is to cough uncontrollably because like that's literally what happens yeah and I guess I don't know if I want to build up that tolerance like I don't want to not cough when I dab yeah that's the thing I mean you basically this is for the highest tolerance the most professional cannabis consumers in my opinion and that's how I've always experienced it and the nail mind you is also like a glass piece typically for people I guess some people use metal nails I don't know, so much of it always felt like sketchy and high risk to me. I am very like, ironically risk averse in my immediate existence while still having taken a ton of risk in my life. But like the fire, the torch element, the very hot nails, I was like, someone's gonna get burned, something's gonna hurt, all this heat, and I don't know, it just always felt sketch. And of course, when my college house burned down two weeks after I moved out. Oh my God, no way. When we went back through it, like the... The firemen in the living room, there was like the torch, the bong in the bong home. There was just like dab paraphernalia and weed paraphernalia all over. And I can't even fathom the eye rolls from these fire brigade being like, yeah, uh, big shocker, this house burned down. I feel like it could definitely burn a house down. Like, especially around kids, right? And I keep going back to kids on it because that's a really big element of our cannabis consumption in our own lives. It's just, it's not, it's not for me. But I will say something that has made it more approachable 
is the ability to have a contraption which externally heats it for you. And then all you have to do is really drop in the extract and Mm. then inhale. That I can do. I have a rock dabber where that's essentially what you do way easier I could never do one and I guess maybe that's like the cheating version of it because it's all done for you but I I like the idea of having it be more controlled and also not heating it as high because again that's going directly into your lungs so I'm more of a cool lower temp dabber Uh, but again it's very few and far between that I actually will turn to a dab because I just don't think for me specifically it's just not conducive to parent life yeah not at all I agree and I should mention they that did not burn the house down the house actually got burned down because somebody flicked a sig butt and it exploded the barbecue which is why holy shit which was outside of my bedroom I had just moved out again it was like so lucky and my poor friend had not, though. She had just moved into my bedroom. She oh, my God. Went, and all of her stuff was torched, but she was the only one with rental insurance. So she just got all new stuff. And then Good the rest her. of my roommates just lost all their shit. It was, like, a huge bummer. But that sucks. Yeah, this was... Remember I moved out because of the acid on the roofs day? Yeah. <laughs> I told that story recently. Anyways, it was a tragedy, but... A blessing in disguise. Oh, well, I got very lucky that I got out before. It was, like, yeah. a very high-stress time in my life, and had I lived there and all my shit had burned down, that, that would have been... added to it. Would have added some stress, I'll tell you what. Also, like, my dog might have been there. I mean, my, my roommates were there, and they got out. They, like, someone had been out back smoking, then they were hanging out inside, then all of a sudden the barbecue exploded, and then they ran out, and... But our snake did burn alive, unfortunately. Oh, my God. Tragic. Kirby. 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 Poor guy. I know. know. R.I.P. All right, well, we'll leave you at that. Um, This is our first episode of the ABCs of Cannabis. (laughs) And we'll leave you with the death of the snake. (laughs) Okay, maybe we will. Another D, death. (laughs) Jesus. Sorry, guys. Uh, Can we end on an up? My transitions are really usually pretty spot on. I will say it was a good transition, albeit just a little bit dark. A little dark. Another D to finish with. I'm killing this. We are killing it. All right, you guys, tune in next time. We are going to continue on this very fun journey of letters and cannabis. And we fucking love you. Yeah. What's your favorite letter? (laughs) Sure. Interact with us. Do you have any ABCs of cannabis you want to share? DM us at Pop Moms Podcast or email us popmomspodcast at gmail.com. Maybe you can impact future letter choices. Oh my god. Nothing is set in stone. I was gonna say, if you have an idea for F and G, baby, hit us up. Yeah, on the request line. Okay. Ta-ta. listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 
Infused, a cannabis talk show, is a one-of-a-kind look inside the cannabis industry. Meet the amazing people who make cannabis businesses bloom as they join host Nick with Francesca and Mike for creative cannabis conversations. Get an honest look at the business of cannabis, including trends, best and worst practices, products, education, and advocacy. Whether you're kind of curious or running a cannabis, Infused has can of conversations that count. Infused is available on YouTube and is now streaming as part of the PodConnects Network. Network.